Just another lovely Sunday evening in the wonderful West Dundee. Yeah, uh, open air tonight. We got the. We might have a fireworks show, so we, we might all of a sudden have to pause the show if it gets too loud. Uh, but, but you'll never know because we'll cut it out in post. Yeah, yeah. So lots, lots going on right now yeah. in the world. You know, as part of the Mad Libs uh, podcast, we're always covering um, both political news, general news, anything. Um, we're even going to get into some sports tonight, um, yeah. but uh, a lot going on in the world. Uh, so tonight I think we're going to be covering the infrastructure bill, what's going on with it, where it's at and does it actually get passed? Yeah. And did Joe Biden listen to our last podcast? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where I talked about him and the infrastructure plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, you know, it always seems that we seem to cover things right before Something happens, and that's yeah. always good. Yeah, well, you know, just proves, Brian, that we're being bugged. <laughs> so be careful what you say. I'm never careful about what I say. <laughs> <clears throat> um, before we get started, too, mm-hmm. just want to remind everybody they can follow us on Facebook. Follow yeah, follow us, us on, on Facebook, yeah. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash madlibspodcast. Uh, and you can email us. Yeah, and if you ever want to hear something in particular talked about, whether it's a more general topic, a newsworthy topic, or something that's happening in politics right now or could be happening, yeah, feel free to message us. We we love covering what people want to hear. Um, otherwise, you know, it's just Kevin and I kind of brainstorming what we think is the most important thing for you to hear, yeah, uh, and our takes on it. So, <clears throat> as always, feel free to reach out. This is your community just as much as it is ours, and we're very thankful for you joining us tonight. Yeah. You know, funny story really fast. I was talking to Vince today at work, Mm -hmm. and he was, uh, we were talking about, you know, this area and how sometimes houses can flood underneath. And he said, Oh, does Brian ever get any flooding? I said, No, he doesn't really have a basement, but he does have a layer. (laughs) And uh, he goes, Oh, it's so cool. I was explaining it to him how it's like under the floorboards. Yeah, it's super cool. Mm -hmm. And he said, Oh my God, you guys should podcast down there. I said, I want to. I said, yeah. but right now, I think there's some structural problems with Brian's house, and I don't want us to get buried. <laughs> Where? And there are the fireworks, you guys. Very exciting. Sounds like thunder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I thought the garage was collapsing. No, I mean, speaking of collapsing, we just had that huge collapse in Miami. Um, where I think it's around 200 people haven't been found or located yet. So Where's that at? In Miami. No, but like, was it like a mine? Was it like a... Oh, no, no, no. It's a large apartment building. Oh. And they had a structural failure and it's collapsing. Definitely look at it. It's it's pretty crazy. Jeez. Um, it makes me very, very insecure about structures in general. And that's why we have infrastructure bills. That is a good segue. Yeah. You like that? Yeah. So what do you think about this, Brian? Because I was very harsh on Biden. Not harsh. I feel fair. I feel like I was fair. Um... 
about his infrastructure plan. What I had said on last uh, the last podcast, yeah, when was, we were grading Biden, yeah, is that I thought that he needed to go out there and wheel and deal and talk to you know people on both sides of the aisle, yeah, and figure something out and make something work. Yeah, I mean, I that's... think that's a paraphrasing what I said, but um, <laughs> yeah, do you feel like? Um, and we'll kind of get into the uh, the nitty gritty of the bill itself and kind of what's been hacked out and what's going to be in it. Um, but do you feel like that was the case? Do you like because obviously the the amount of money going into it now has gone down, so they've had to thin it out a little bit. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? So I think I think you're right. Like there was he needed to start getting momentum again. Yeah. You know, in the first hundred days, we talked about how there was like this initial momentum. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's excitement, and he was able to use utilize his you know his powers of the executive order. Um, but there wasn't a lot necessarily moving within Congress. And with that in mind, uh, you know, I think your criticism was was on point with he needed to somehow make Congress come to terms with stuff. Now, Republicans, I feel, are very obstructionist right now. It's very difficult to make deals with them um, because they don't really have like this agenda that they've been. They, yeah, they don't have this agenda. <clears throat> that they've been platforming on, that they've been campaigning on. Uh, right now, the the main verbiage coming out of the Republican camp is, you know, from their leadership, like McConnell, is we're going to stop everything we can from the Biden administration. So with that said, the fact that, you know, the Biden administration, Democrats and Republicans could come together, and, and I do want to give people like Mitt Romney, you know, credit saying, you know, <clears throat> we'll come together for certain things. And Romney is <clears throat> notorious for being a deficit hawk. Um, so he's going to always want to push down on those things. Now, you also have a Republican and Democrat clothing like Joe Manchin, who has been very uh, instrumental to essentially both sides kind of obstructing different things and kind of getting in the way and saying, well, I won't vote on this. And, well, I might listen a little bit more closely if we do this. Um, and you know, I, I say he's a, a Republican in Democrat clothing because while he's part of the Democrat caucus, he's not really sticking with the plan or the agenda. And he comes from a state that Trump won by 30 points. So he has to kind of stick to the constituents that, you know, voted him in, but at the same time, you know, is it going to really help the democratic platform? So they've been able to come together and essentially pass an infrastructure bill for near uh, $600 billion, which is, you know, quite the the shortcoming compared to the original 1.2 trillion uh, that Biden originally proposed. So I think it's a start. And I think Biden has even framed it in a way like this is a starting, this is a launching point. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think there's a lot of contingencies that they're still working through. Like Pelosi said um, they won't, take it up in the house unless there's already you know it's already passed the senate and there's some sort of verbiage that says you know the reconciliation will pass all of those things yeah um i mean i'm excited about the fact that it's moving forward um because i think a lot of the stuff that's in the bill is going to be uh much needed um and and i think it's important um i mean you are basically cutting it's really the bill got cut by more than half, um, if my math is correct, which mm-hmm. it isn't always. 
But uh, do you want to dive into it? Should we start talking about what's going to be in there? Or did you have anything else you wanted to say first? Well, I will say this. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really important to acknowledge, and like I said, Mitt Romney's behind it. Um, you have uh, Rob Portman, you know, Republican from Ohio, Bill Cassidy, a Republican from Louisiana, who have both spoken very positively about this, quote-unquote, bipartisan bill, the, the kind of... Um, uh, renegotiated Biden plan that Manchin kind of took over and, and said, like, well, here's what I can probably get done, you know, to to be more fa- in favor of bipartisanship, et cetera. And so they've also said that, you know, McConnell will get on board and they should be able to get more than 60 votes. Um, if it doesn't get more than 60 votes, you could also see McConnell um, pull out the filibuster. And that's something that I don't I don't think uh i don't think they can pass this without at least 60 votes because i do think mcconnell will exercise his filibuster right yeah it wouldn't surprise me um and we've talked about the filibuster in great detail on this podcast um so yeah i think it's i think it's going to be interesting leading up to this i don't really see too much of an issue with this bill getting passed i think it will end up on biden's desk um you know obviously not by the end of the month but maybe by the end of next month yeah, I think yeah, I, I I would be very surprised if anything happens in you know the first week or two of of July. I think this is something that you know will quote unquote be agreed upon and verbal verbally um, supported by both sides up to a certain point. But I don't trust that it'll get passed with less than sixty votes until it's signed. Like I, I just I do not have that kind of optimistic view of of the current. Um, senatorial proceedings mm. always the senate you know it, it, ever since rome i just i'm very <laughs> suspicious you know i mean if they're gonna stab caesar in the back why wouldn't they stab biden in the back I'm, okay yeah <laughs> Did i cut you off guard no i just I, I can't find any fallacies there i suppose <laughs> I guess anything's possible. Um, okay, so yeah, let's let's deep dive into it. Let's talk right. about like what they're actually trying to utilize this. Yeah, nearly six hundred billion dollars for. Yeah, and so and if you guys want to, you can follow along with us. We're actually on uh, Brian and I are both looking at the WhiteHouse.gov. Uh, it goes through everything that's going to be on the infrastructure plan. You know what I was thinking of right there? Yeah, what's that? Giving sources. Ooh, nailed like it. That. Even I though like we're not that. really debating anything like tonight. Uh, so the first thing that's going to be on there is to fix highways, rebuild bridges, uh, upgrade ports, airports, and transit systems. So this is uh, this fits right into infrastructure. My question with this, I wonder, is um, how do they go about? Do they just like pick random highways? Do they find like how do they keep track of all that? I wonder. That's that's a really good point, and I think that's one of the biggest issues as we look at. As we look at any government spending, right? right? Like mm-hmm. no one's going through it with a fine tooth. Well, I'm sure there are some people, but like when it comes to the the mouthpieces of Congress, right? The right. senators and, yeah. and the um, House representatives. Uh, when we look at those people, I don't know if they're combing through it with a fine tooth comb. Well, and a lot of the times too, when it comes to like senators and uh, members of the House, you know, a lot of the times, some, some, or sometimes I should say, these bills come out very rapidly, and they're you know hundreds, uh, uh, hundreds and hundreds of pages. So like, it's hard to comb through all of that, um, you know. And at some point, I'm sure they have you know somebody working for them that's supposed to do that and fill them in on what's in there and yeah, see whether yeah. or not it 
uh, aligns with their uh, ideals, but I yeah. mean, who knows? But uh, it, it's just interesting to think because, like, wasn't it? Uh, was it? Was it in Minnesota where they were having troubles with all those bridges? Oh, Minnesota's had bridges ago. collapse. Um, yeah, that was so. I mean, we've, so talk, that, we've good, talked about that's a good starting point. Yeah, we've <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about how like. I used to have what was called an irrational fear, a quote unquote yeah. irrational fear of bridges. Yeah. And it wasn't so irrational the last like I don't know, 10, 15 years where we've had multiple bridges collapse. Not a lot of fatalities, I don't believe, right. but uh be. the uh deconstruction is, you know, the 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 collapse of them is a scary thing. Like Oh, absolutely. It made me walk a little bit faster across bridges. You know, bridges are pretty safe as long as you don't burn them. That's true. That's true. So, so burn, that's a burning bridges joke. I, yeah, I didn't I, know if you picked that up, I, Brian. I picked up what you're laying I didn't down. Mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and I think you know the hard infrastructure, as they call it, the roads, bridges, stuff like that, mm-hmm. is relatively easy to pass. Yeah, there's not it's, a lot of issue there. The but like to call out what you said is you know that's one of the issues when we start talking about pork spending, right? What, mm-hmm. Like. If they're going to spend five hundred and eighty something billion dollars, you know, what's the those senators? Those senators are going to try getting that for their hometown, their constituents, because then they can say, "Hey, five hundred and eighty billion was spent, you know, for the entire country, and you know, I brought back, you know, four billion for you know Kentucky, right? Like McConnell, he's like, oh, I brought four billion of that back to Kentucky, and you know, they certainly don't contribute that, yeah, so." Um, that, that's a big thing. Um, I, I wish there, there was a little more oversight, right? They have oversight committees and stuff Mm -hmm. that look at these things, but I wish there was, because when we look at like military spending and all of a sudden, like, uh, committees bring up like, Oh, well you spent $1,200 on these, you know, special coffee cups and and all that, that don't overheat and like weird shit. And you're like, well, why are we spending taxpayer dollars on a $1,200 coffee cup? And Hundreds of them, right? Well, there's the the gentleman that started, um, or a couple of gentlemen that started that Black Rifle Coffee Company. Yeah. And they were on a podcast, and they were doing an interview, and um, the way that he really got into it was like, you know, basically he had some good coffee wherever he was stationed, um, and then he got sent to, it was Afghanistan or Iraq, one of the two, mm-hmm. and um, he was in charge of ordering different things, and he somehow passed you know, you know, got passed on, you know, one of his orders, like a $60,000 espresso machine Jesus. for the base. Not one question, not, no, no, didn't raise one eyebrow. Um, so, I mean, yeah, again, that oversight is kind of loose, uh, and it's hard to have oversight on everything that's going on and every single piece of legislation. Um, and you know, something like this, it is important. You know what I mean? How do you choose, uh, which roads are the best? Well, I think what will happen is it will be more of a, give it to the states and let the states delegate that out properly. That would be, I mean, that would be the most fair, I think. Yeah. Give the same amount to each state. Well, it won't be the same amount to each state because I mean that, that wouldn't be fair. fair. No, it wouldn't be fair because I mean, how many more highways does Illinois have versus Wyoming? I was literally going to make that comparison. Yeah. So like it's gotta be in a way where, okay, if we're giving X amount of money to schools, like what states have the most schools, um, highways, what states have the most highways, where's the most need, yeah. Um, you know, who also, you know, gives the most tax revenue right. should also be yeah. a consideration. You know, we often say, well, you know, Illinois is hurting, blah, 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 with their budget. 
they're also one of the biggest taxpayer, you know, states as mm -hmm. well. So, and we get less um, bang for our buck in federal tax returns versus someone in, you know, Mississippi, right. where, you know, they're, they have more people on, um, uh, utilizing the social safety nets. I yeah. Should say. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think they have to, they go through all of those different things. I think there is some, um, you know, laboring and, and, you know, kind of lobbying for more money to be brought to your home state. Yeah. But I think they're going to try and divvy it out as, is is equally and equitably as, as possible. Well, Il Ilhan Omar better get on it then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, you know, definitely a big thing. And, you know, speaking of roads, bridges, and, and those types of projects, according to whitehouse.gov, a hundred billion of those dollars is going to go to roads and bridges. So out of the 579 million or billion, uh, about 20% is going to go to roads and bridges, which is a significant amount. Oh, it's a good chunk for sure. You want to do the next one there, Brian? Well, and then, you know, you, you have to look at like, uh, safety and public transit, um, public transit, they're going to try moving more towards accessibility. Mm -hmm. And then also, uh, the more, uh, kind of climate conscious types yeah. of transportations, whether it's making it, you know, more electric vehicles, um, or also I'm hoping eventually we would get to like a light light rail system, yeah, absolutely. Uh, something like that, uh, to continue building public transit. I think that's, you know, one of the avenues people fail to realize towards, you know, being uh, what by 2050, we're going to be, you know, net neutral on, on carbon emissions with that in mind, like that's a really good way to do so. Absolutely. To yeah. make public transit, you know, the number one means of transportation and ensure that that is a, um, a lower emission type type style of transportation. Yeah, I wonder if we could get Elon Musk on board with that and just have a bunch of Uber Teslas that drive you places. <laughs> well, I think that would be. I think that should happen. Because I was thinking more rural places too, because it's easy when you say like, oh, in the city yeah. or, or even in parts of the suburbs, like it's easy yeah. to find public transportation. Um, you know what I mean? Well, but rural becomes very difficult unless no, you absolutely. have rails. You know, like, you know, where are they trying to get to? Um, you know, you're not going to have a lot of uh, Ubers or taxis right, or whatever yeah. the case is. You're just not going to have that kind of accessibility. But you also can't just like say, hey, we're going to build a, you know, an L style, you know, train system or something or some sort of monorail all the way out there just to go within the town. Right, so it's, yeah. it's a really weird thing. But you definitely want to make uh, more accessibility towards like, you know, the end of the line stops, build that out further, have more uh, rails going further out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Next one on the list is going to be delivered clean drinking water and renewed electric grid, uh, high speed broadband to all Americans. This is kind of cool. Why do you say that? Well, <clears throat> I remember, excuse me, sorry, I just like cleared my throat into the microphone. Um, I remember the days before I had internet, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And what it was like. And then I remember, you know, doing dial up, um, and just like <laughs> how much different my life became when I had like a high speed internet source. I mean, obviously the internet is such a, a fantastic source of information. Well, both information and misinformation. Mm -hmm. um, sure. So always check your sources, kids. Um, but still not everybody has that kind of access to mm -hmm. high speed internet. Um, and so I think this is something that could be beneficial for, for everybody. Um, 
you know, a, as a as a lifelong learner myself, I think that it's important for people to continue to do research. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, you need to learn the skill of like wading through the bullshit. Um, but once you do that, you know, I mean, you can, I mean, you could teach yourself anything on the internet. Yeah, I mean, whether it's YouTubing a DIY project, right. You know, going through. Uh, you know, peer-reviewed scientific articles or health articles, yeah. you know, there's resources to, you know, educate yourself on history, whatever the case is, like you said, you can find anything. And now more than ever, it's important because you have certification programs like uh, Coursera or, you know, Degreed or LinkedIn Learning, like all these opportunities to... Masterclass. Yeah, masterclass uh, to grow your your professional career just through the internet where I think that's going to be the path. I think, I think so too. I think, yeah. I, think, I mean, I don't like the idea. I, I'm not a huge fan of like, like, um, e-learning from schools. Like I love watching videos on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but I was never really good at online classes. I think in general, what I mean by that is, is cert- certificates are going to be just as powerful as university degrees Degrees. one day now for certain things obviously medicine law teaching there's just going to be a certain level of education you need to get right um and you know it 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 would be hard for something like general assembly or coursera or right uh, you know um oh i can't think of the other one that you know but when it comes to certificates for you know business like uh Mm -hmm. you know sigma six or um you know, uh, sequel, like coding, things like that, mm-hmm. where it's like, do you really need a college degree to learn to code? No, no, you can, te- people teach themselves online all the time. According to some politicians, coal miners can do it. <laughs> well, and, and then there's, which they can, if they, if they really, you know, adequately put the effort in, no, I'm sure they sure. could, but also like whether it's coding or SQL or, you know, all these different ways, Google certificates, you know, ad, you know, uh, ad writing or, you know, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, SEO, right? You can learn these things in a simple certificate program and show a company like, yeah, did you go to college? No, but I got the certificate yeah. that this position requires. And I think that's going to be a long-term path since universities haven't really budged on the whole cost thing Yeah, in a long time. I do think that's going to be a path where you have a lot of people speaking out in the business world yeah. about like how college is, doesn't have the same ROI it once did. Oh, no, it doesn't. And therefore, like, I mean, what's with, the, what's the fucking few point? exceptions, yeah. Right, uh, yeah. With, I mean, you know, if you become a doctor, like, you can make money i mean you're, you're gonna have to pay off more schooling but yeah it's, or it's, it can it can be easier depending upon what kind of doctor you and, are and, and if you're going to a very prestigious university mm-hmm. like let's say you go to mit or harvard or something like that you're going to get recruited by certain companies that pay exorbitant amounts of money yeah, and that's that's different but the traditional public um university that has skyrocketed in cost mm-hmm. i remember uh when i first was coming out of high school in, in the early 2000s you know, the cost of U of I was, was relatively expensive. And I think it's like quadrupled oh, since. Sure. And it's just like U of I is a great school at a brand of Champaign. So is, you know, Illinois State. These are great public institutions, but you you just can't keep up with the right. return on investment because no. it's just pricing you out. No. Well, and not to mention like the interest that you're paying on some of the loans. You Absolutely. Know I mean? Like that's another huge factor, which again, we've talked about it so many times on this, on this and podcast. And we're going to always talk oh, about it until it gets up. fixed. Yep. Yep. 
cancel all student debt, kids. <laughs> um, I also think this one's really cool. Uh, well, I, I really I enjoy every piece of this one because the renewed electric grid is going to be super, super important, too. I mean, just look at Texas. We just talked about it again recently. Um, well, but Texas sp- would have to jump on board. Exactly. Because well, they're trying to keep it separate from like the federal grid so they can like privatize it and make tons of profits did i bring this up on the last podcast maybe i didn't maybe it's something i've 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 learned relatively relatively recently and that's a tongue twister um but did you know that there was like people in texas who had their thermostats turned down so they're you know when you buy into these contracts with these private companies that are supplying energy they like reserve rights to do certain things and so they're like you know it's basically it's a smart thermostat and they reserve the right to turn turn your air conditioning down so make it warmer uh-huh. um in your house oh yeah without even warning you yeah i saw people or that i think were they trying... have to warn you but like you know what i mean who reads an email from their electric company yeah they were trying to turn it down to like uh high 60s low 70s and they were keeping it at 78 which is what they wanted 80 degrees, yeah, yeah. 80, and like 82 at night and he's yeah. like but they what flipped am I a lot of people they flipped it at night yeah so like they woke up and they're like why is it so hot yeah so and it's crazy yeah i mean First off, that's that's absolutely crazy, and that's why there's an issue with privatizing utilities. Yeah, in that sense, they obviously don't know the the rights of the uh, father slash husband to control the thermostat. <laughs> Only the husband slash father. <laughs> no one, no one should be touching it. Yeah, but no, I mean that's that's a super important thing. You know, obviously electricity is important to all of us. Everything that we use basically, you know, runs off of some, you know amount of electricity well and and, we couldn't podcast without electricity right and there's another issue there is like when you are privatized like texas is they can't then borrow from oklahoma like if if texas is having a surge but oklahoma isn't Mm -hmm. they can't go to oklahoma and say well we're all on the same grid bro you know like let's let's you know let me me some of that electricity you know you got any more of that electricity give me some of them jewels uh, so, you know, that doesn't happen. And I, I hope Texas finally, you know, hopefully the, the, the government steps in, um, and, and does something about that. But, uh, as it stands, at least they're going to, you know, help remedy the electric grid, yeah. uh, for the rest of them. And I love the idea of private business and being able to, you know what I mean? Privatize something oh, like sure. that. And I think that's great, but, um, you know, obviously you're having a hard time with it right now to put it nicely Yeah, because I wasn't going to put it nicely originally, but. Yeah, I uh, think uh, delivering uh, clean water is also oh, pretty pretty substantial yeah. when you talk about like the Flint water crisis and oh, stuff and gosh. how there's still issues. Yeah, I mean, this is something that um, in the United States of America, it should not be an issue to get clean water. You should be able to get clean water no matter where you are. Um, and it's just not the case right now. Yeah, I mean, I... I that's yeah. It's not thunder, kids. Those are fireworks. <laughs> that ha- made me pause. Happens every time I look into Brian's eyes. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a god. Brian's not paying attention. He's like, yeah. Wait. Wait. What did you say? Yeah. No. What I will say is, you know, when we're talking about, it's not only that it's not clean. Like, there's lead in it. Yeah. And we always like you. You think about uh, Tommy Boy. Did you eat paint chips as a kid? Mm-hmm. And the whole thing about that was there's lead in there, right? Yeah. And it could cause. You know, bodily harm, yeah. mental harm, all mm-hmm. of those things. You know, it, it can cause brain damage. And yeah. It can cause, you know, improper growth, all yeah. of these different things. And you think about how many kids were affected by that or, you know, maybe not even drinking the water, but showering in it. You know, it, it, it 
will get absorbed through your, you know, through Every, your body, yeah. through your pores and stuff. So there, the fact that we live in America and we have, you know, Bad philanthropic <laughs> efforts, right, to yeah. ensure that there's clean drinking water and, you know, places in Africa. Mm-hmm. And yet there are places in America where we haven't even delivered that to American citizens yeah. is, is a it's truly a remarkable thing and, and speaks to some of the major issues both politically and uh privately about this country yeah and that would that's actually the first thing listed on there is it would be eliminating all lead pipes um that run water yeah which is awesome and then you know what that does too brian what's that that employs people they're gonna need somebody to put out those new pipes i hope so i think that's one of the things that you can speak to about like infrastructure Mm -hmm. it's like okay Yes, we're going to commit. Well, and, and infrastructure equals jobs. Right. I was going to say, like, if you're committing money to building a bridge, you're not literally throwing mm-hmm. dollar bills at the bridge and it fixes itself, right? You're throwing money at people to go do the job, Yeah. which is always a good thing. Because bridges are lazy. <laughs> I hate bridges. All right. What do we got next? <laughs> uh, build, preserve, and re-trophit more than, uh, is that a word? Uh, more than 2 million homes uh, and commercial buildings, modernizing them, uh, modernizing nations, or, uh, the nation's schools and child care facilities and upgrade uh, veterans' hospitals and federal buildings. Yeah, I think, I think any time you can help improve um, you know, homes, hospitals, schools, that's always a good thing. Well, I like the veterans thing the most. I mean, I mean, the schools and child care is great. That's fantastic. I agree with that wholeheartedly, but I think all too often we forget of our, you know, we forget about our veterans. Oh, that's you know what I mean? Absolutely just, true. And you know, especially like if you're going to serve for this country, you better get the best fucking health care ever when you're done. You know what I mean? That should be employing all the best doctors. It should be the most upgraded facilities. Um you know what I mean? If, if you're going to, you know, swear that oath to defend us from all uh, enemies, foreign and domestic, and go risk your life, you know what I mean? In whatever yeah. way you do, and yeah. come back and not get taken care of as you get older, too, especially, you know, I think that's fucked up. Yeah, I I, I would agree with that. I absolutely. Um, I just tend, I, tr- I tend more towards education. That's just who I am. I, yeah. I, I think that's just an investment on your future. And when you invest in young people in America, that's, that always is going to have the best return on investment. Um, so the more we can, um, free them up from, you know, debt or, uh, you know, ensure that they get the best, you know, possible outcome of their educational experiences. That's only going to benefit our country more and more as we, you know, look to be more innovative, uh, look to, you know, be more balanced, more equitable, all of those things. It, it really starts at, at, at the core start is at, at the education level. So, you know, when we look at physical spaces, you know, we need to ensure that, you know, classroom sizes aren't getting too large. We need mm-hmm. to ensure that, you know, their pipes, their electric systems are, you know, not are, are efficient, right? Yeah, because that's a sure. cost, yeah. right? And if we can eliminate those inefficiencies, you know, that's more dollars that can go towards a new curriculum, another teacher, yeah. another janitor, another, um, you know, administrator, whatever the case is, uh, which is, of course, more jobs. Like, these are all good things. So yeah. if we can, when we talk about infrastructure 
in spending, this is usually the quickest return on investment. So while we were saying $580 billion and we're like, shit, that's a, that's a big, that's a substantial number. Yeah. And that's not even half of what the Biden administration originally proposed. We're going to see returns on that uh, yeah. relatively quickly. Yeah. You know, it's a uh, quick story. Cause I, we're kind of like running long on this anyways, but whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, I was just talking to my mother-in-law the other day and she had, I, th I think it was her 40th, um, reunion mm. from high school. Yeah. Um, and she actually went to Dundee crown, which is the local high school. It's actually the high school that I went to. Um, and she was just talking about all the updates that they had made on it. Cause they like, you know, it was like a whole weekend event. You know what I mean? They went out one night. They did like this big pub crawl. The next day, they all got a tour of the school to see what it looked like now. Oh, that's cool. Um, and that it kind of you know what it was. It kind of perked my interest because she just you know what I mean. Over the course of you, you mean it's imagine it's amazing what can happen in the course of a year. Yeah. But imagine you know how something changes over forty years. Jeez. It's incredible. You know what I mean? And she was talking about things that well, I mean weren't even there when I was there, but just a good example of like how modernizing a school can be helpful. Oh, absolutely. You know? I so I. Literally throughout my entire K-12 experience, every school I was at was under construction. Like every mm. single time I was making yeah. a step, they're like, now's the time to do it. I'm like, damn it. Mm. So like fourth grade, I was in the, like the mobile home classrooms oh, outside, yeah. Of, yeah. outside of the school. Yeah. I mean, six through, six through eighth grade, there was constantly construction, different parts of the building being shut off. And I remember like my eighth grade graduation, there was like a literal plastic lining in certain areas where yeah, parents couldn't go for sure. And then when I got to high school, they did, uh, at, at the time, this was the early two thousands. They did a $120 million, um, restructuring of the entire school. So That's that was crazy. really cool. Um, what high school did you go to? I went to York high school. In Elmhurst. Oh, so they, there was like at the time, the most expensive school in Illinois. York also has the largest cross country te uh, team in all of Illinois. Yeah. So that was really cool when they come out to a, like a cross country invite on the weekends. That, so invites are always on Saturdays for the yeah. most part. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, it's like two buses full of fucking kids. So the, which is crazy because only your top seven or your top eight run, you know, varsity or your top team, so, the rest are all JV and it's just like the JV races. It's, it's like, wasn't it green was the color. Yeah. We, they were called the long green mile. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And what they were, the reason they were called that, there was a coach named uh, Joe Newton mm -hmm. who had literally won twenty seven or twenty eight state championships. They always go to state. Yeah, yeah. They so always they always go, go to, to state. state. Yeah. And the really cool thing about that mm -hmm. was, um, you know, the school really bought into it. Yeah. Their their cross country program had more athletes involved with that than the football program yeah and it's not that the football program was really weak it mm. was in terms of you know uh participants it just spoke to how strong uh the cross-country program was and it had a lot to do with the coaching staff but also just the history behind it and um yeah the 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 cool like the boys would come in by limo so mm. like when they went downstate you have your seven top runners yeah and then maybe a couple art alternates they showed up downstate mm. in a limo in Texas before they ran it just they had a they had this whole thing down and oh it was yeah like, and when they were going down we knew we were celebrating something whether yeah. it was first second or third we knew we were coming back like there coming was going to be a parade yeah. 
in you know downtown Elmhurst, and and uh, my buddy and I uh, went down for a couple of them. Like yeah. people, like student sections. Cross country like, state was is really cool. To watch. Yeah, and then you're, my, ta- you're, you're talking about like super super fast people. We should have talked about what high school you went to last because it would have segued perfectly into the Olympics. Well, it will too, right here. You know why? Why? Because Joe Newton, the coach I was talking about, yeah. actually was one of the uh, Olympic coaches. No shit. So, York's got way too much money. Uh, yes. <laughs> no. Uh, he was just well taken care. He was actually we could have talked about him in my tribute to my dad. My dad was a police liaison uh-huh. um, at York, and a couple times he had to help Mister Newton out with oh. situations, and he was able to do that. And Coach Newton was able to stick around a lot longer than perhaps he should have. Dang. Yeah. So, Drama. Uh, do we have anything left on infrastructure? Because we did want to talk Olympics. So, we're, yeah. we're segueing perfectly. Yeah. No, the only other things that were left on there was basically um, let's see here. Air- he talks about creating jobs um, and more benefits, basically, in raising wages for essential like um, home care workers. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it. I think that's about it. And like we said, invest this in is... R and mean, the whole thing is, yeah, you know, the last two kind of sum up everything that's been spoken about. Yeah. When, when talking about the infrastructure bill, uh, currently I think there is a slightly more ambitious form. I think that's the one that should have passed. Uh, hopefully this is a first step as Biden has suggested that this is a step to the next step. Yeah. And, you know, part of passing the reconciliation is, you know, saying, hey, we can be bipartisan. Let's pass the rest through reconciliation, you know, using tax dollars and our tax system to mm-hmm. pay for those things. Okay, so, um, you know, the next step, what happens is going to be very interesting. Since we've had um, progress in a bipartisan fashion, can we keep that momentum in uh, Congress? I would say no, because we're going to talk about the Voting Rights Act in, in another podcast and what's going on there. Um, but perhaps, you know, this is, you know, breaking the ice. Yeah. I mean, I suppose anything's possible, you know? Yeah. You just need the right leverage. Right. So speaking of leverage, you need a lot of leverage to pole vault. Nailed it. That was the exact. Were you really? Get out of my brain, Brian. (laughs) And we wanted to, we wanted to wrap up with talking about the Olympics because that's, that's going to start taking place. uh, Let's have a little bit of fun. We just talked about fucking building bridges and shit. (laughs) Which is very important. I'm not downplaying its importance. <laughs> well, you need. It's also important to let your paint dry, but I'm not going to sit there and watch it, Brian. <laughs> I had to today. I was painting the foundation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the Olympics is something I'm really excited about. Oh, and I'm I pumped. don't think I have ever been this excited. I think coming out of COVID yeah. and, a, you know, the world getting back on its feet, and there's still a lot of work to be done. So I, I never want to downplay that. Um, but I think it's important to kind of have this moment to shine. And we've seen, you know, uh, the vaccinations doing better and better. We're seeing um, the death toll go down further and further down in America. Uh, some countries are still struggling, but, you know, hopefully the global community gets that on track. And one of the ways we celebrate the global community is through this competition of the Olympics. It, yeah. You know, it... it it showcases uh, sportsmanship and athleticism and and all these great things, team camaraderie, and you yeah. you have, you know, incredible teams coming together where it's individuals and members of a team combining. Like for me, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I love watching um, the women's gymnastics teams. 
I oh think, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's so cool how you can have, you know, individual events, individual competitors, and then, you know, at the end, it's doing all those things individually, but, yeah. you know, holding the whole team responsible. Um, plus, it's always cool to see, you know, America fam- America does really well in that. In gymnastics, yeah. yeah. Who was the girl in the 90s that won it with a busted ankle? Uh, uh, shoot. It wasn't Dom- uh, Carrie Strug. Carrie Strug. I was going to say Dominique Mociano. That, you know, that was the first Olympics I ever watched. I think it was 19- 96. 96, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, was that was the first one I was old enough to pay attention to, but yeah. Yeah, you had, so you had Dominique Mochianu, Dominique Dawes, you had Carrie Strug. Who else was on that team? There was, there was one older girl. I shouldn't say older. She was like 19, but that's mm-hmm. old for For a gymnastics. gymnast, yeah. Um, but heading into this year, um, the Olympics were supposed to be last year, obviously due to COVID. It wasn't. I'm mm-hmm. glad they pushed that back to this year. Um, heading into this year, we have the most decorated Olympic athlete, and that's Simone Biles, mm-hmm. who is still setting the world on fire in terms of her um, her displays of athleticism, uh, the moves she's able to do, no mm-hmm. one has ever mm-hmm. done. So, and she's just good at every single event. Like she is literally one of the best top five in the world in every event. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's going to be pretty old to compete this year. What is she like? 22? Yeah. Is she 22? Uh, nine, she was 19, I believe. Okay. So the 20, last Olympics. So, oh, yeah. so 23, 24. 23, 24. Yeah. Um, um Yeah. Cause, and actually, you know, it's funny is she kind of broke the mold for that too. Cause I think, and I'm, I'm, you know, fact check me on this one, but I think most female gymnasts don't last more than one or two Olympics. Oh, absolutely. Because they, they switch them out for the younger, better, uh, more agile. Yeah. I was trying to look Olympians. at who is on the team. Cause like, I know you had people like the last Olympics in uh, 2016, you know, the, the American women, uh, did very well mm-hmm. and you had like. I remember Michaela Maroney and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And yeah. I thought she was going to be on it this year, but I didn't see her name on the roster, but she was in like a commercial. Okay. Uh, so I was like, oh, she must be on the team. And I didn't see her on it. Um, and I can't remember who else. Oh, what shoot. But uh, I, I wanted to throw it out to you. I kind of already spoiled my answer, but what's your favorite thing to watch on the Olympics? Well, it may change this year. Really? It may change because skateboarding is now an Olympic sport. Ooh, okay. yeah, and I do love me some skateboarding, and it's cool, cool the way that they they had to qualify to get into. It was this big long process. They had a had a certain amount of uh, points in like accredited um, you know competitions, mm-hmm. whether it be I, X Games was one, Street League was another. Um, so you had to have a certain amount of. I think the Dude Tour might have been one, um, but you had to have a certain amount of points going in. Did you say the Dude Tour, or is it like Dew? Dew, like, like Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. Mountain okay, Dew, yeah. I didn't know. Usually okay. it's in Utah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, but no, I'm really excited about that. And I think that that one's really going to come down to Japan versus the U S you have a lot of really great Brazilian skateboarders too. But right now Japan is just like pumping out like these, it's like anything else Japan does super technical, super like attentive to what they're doing. Um, and so I think that you're going to see a big competition and I can't, I can't mean it's been so long since I've watched street league cause they haven't been doing that. Um, but I can look this up really fast while I talk to you guys. Um, Straight League winners. 
Um, but anyways, it's going to be – so Nyjah Houston's the big guy for the U.S. That's not the name that I was looking for. Um, but there is a young man out of Japan who is just stellar, very young. I think he's like maybe 18 or 19 because they produce a lot of young skateboarders too. Um, oh, okay. So we're going to see a lot of that. I mean, you know, you'll have, obviously, like I said, the Brazilian skateboarders. You'll have some people from the U.K. that are pretty good. But, I mean, really, it's Nyjah Houston and, um, you know, this young gentleman from Japan whose name I'll find by the end of this. But um, okay, I'm, so I'm very what, excited to see that. So what was it before? So now that, okay, so skating has kind of overtaken the mantle. What was it before? Uh, powerlifting, maybe, or wrestling. Okay, wrestling? Yeah. Interesting. And yeah. powerlifting, weightlifting. Interesting. Yeah, powerlifting. I mean, it's just it's incredible what these people are, are putting up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously, I love the track events. Um, track and field is really fun. Oh, it's dope. I mean, especially the sprints. The mile is crazy too. Like how fast they're running a mile in. Yeah, it's like four minutes and. Oh, it's under four. No, you're sub, under four. Oh, you're sub four, baby. Jesus. Yeah. I want to say they're into the low three minute forty second mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For, Sorry, for, I'm for, laughing for, because it's for like... men, for men, women are women are, are not quite at that point yet. I think maybe there's women that are sub four. I don't know. Um, I'm also, I'm really big into, uh, swimming cause I, I did swimming in high school and I think there's something super exciting about all the swimming events. Um, very similar to like the track and field where some are super fast. I love relays. I think relays are the coolest thing. Oh God, they're so cool. There's so much swimming. going on. Uh, you know, the ability to be moving, at that speed and also being focused on hanging off a baton and you know, the, the prep work that happens yeah. in the transitions, you know, yeah. for like swimming, you have to time it where you start your dive mm-hmm. is there's, they haven't even touched the wall. Right. So you want to start your dive and you want, what your, are the rules there? So they cannot enter the water until they've touched the wall. So you can't, kind of you can't have left. The- you can't have left the platform until the wall has been touched. Okay. So you want to be like, you want your big toe just barely still on the platform. Like ideally you are not off the platform, but like, mm-hmm. it's like your big toenail, like you grew it out and it's just, that's the last little bit on the platform is yeah. a, a touch. So you're, 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 you'll see them. The person won't even be on the wall yet. Right. And they're, they're already getting ready and to springboard you see off. Them like, pulling their arms back and bringing it forward. And that's when they're touching the wall. But like similar to the baton, like it has to be practiced so much. Like you think like, okay, all the conditioning and all the weightlifting and all the practicing of just swimming laps and managing your own turns. Yeah. But the cool thing about relays is you have, if you're going to be on that team, you have to practice those transitions too. And you have to know like, about how long like okay this is their last stroke where's yeah. their last stroke where's their stretch point how long does it take once they stretch yeah to hit that wall less time right? for michael phelps <laughs> yeah well and that's the that's the other crazy thing is how fast it can happen so yeah i mean you get going on that platform before you would think you know someone's going to be able to touch and you know the way these super long lanky swimmers are yeah i mean they can they can uh change it up the fastest female mile is four minutes and 12 seconds. That's fucking ridiculous. That's so fast. Yeah. That is so fast. I don't, I don't know if I could run a half mile in four minutes. I never went sub five. Oh, yeah. Me neither. Like, I think I, I, I believe, because I ran cross country in high school. Yeah. 
and I believe I hit like I was maybe in the five thirties, maybe just below yeah, five was, minutes and thirty seconds. But there was kids that when I was in high school that were running like close to sub fours. Yeah, I mean, uh, we had a couple of people that um, out of York who I think Don Sage was like the all time best. We had another kid who was a year behind me named Sean McNamara. Uh, and like Don Sage, I think was the one that qualified for the Olympic team. Okay. Um, as like an alternate, I want to say, um, I don't know if Mac ever did, but like they, like Don Sage went to Stanford on a full ride. Yeah. McNamara went to Michigan on a full ride, I mm. believe for, for running. So like, I mean, they, they were able to do it and I think they were probably close to the, the low, four, the yeah. low fours. Um, yeah. But I don't think they were sub four. Uh, and sorry, just because I want to finish what I was saying, uh, Yuto Origome is the Japanese skateboarder that, oh. I, that I w- I'll be looking out nice. for. Nice. Although I want Nyjah Houston to win because I want America, America to win everything. Because <laughs> you uh, know I'm watching that gold medal count. I also love watching beach volleyball. Oh, yeah. Men's and women. Yeah. So, you know, don't. Yes, there's a certain appeal to the women's beach volleyball. No, for, for sure. You're well. fine, yeah. But men's and women's beach volleyball, I love just like. The amount of like independence and dependence there is, right? Because right. it's like it's two people, so you really got to be on your A game. Yeah. But then your partner has to be on their A game. Like mm-hmm. if you're, you know, uh, you know, pulling things out, you know, off the sand at the very last second, but then your guy messes up the set. Like, oh man, I, I just I love the Olympics. I think they're. I will say after the pandemic, I'm a little more excited about it going in. I'm going to try and watch as much as I can rather than, you know, the bachelorette with my wife. Yeah. No, I look forward to the, the Olympics every year. And summer Olympics are something special to me, too, because, like, when I watch winter Olympics, it's like I like to watch, like, uh, curling. Oh, I, I love curling. Yeah. I like to watch curling, and I like to watch, like, bobsledding. Yeah. Snowboarding's dope, too. But, like, that's it. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, summer Olympics, no matter what I tune into. I'm really? Like, oh, yeah, that's dope. It was actually, to- it, was, it was the last the last Olympics. What was that, 2016? Yeah. Um, actually, oh, I, for uh, winter it was 2018. No, for summer I'm talking about. That. Oh yeah, 2016. Yeah, uh, Evan Yeager. He's uh, he went to Jacobs High School from around here, and he took third. He took bronze, I think, in steeplechase. Yeah, the one he, where he you hop over yeah. into the water. Yeah. He kicked everyone's butt in cross country every time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if he was eventually at the oh sport climbing, that's got to be cool to watch. Oh, that's new this year too. Yeah. There's uh, table tennis. Mm, I should watch that this year. Table tennis is cool. Do you? Did you ever play handball in gym? Hell yeah. Okay. Is that in an Olympic gym, sport now? It, no, it has been for for a couple of Olympics. You're now. fucking with me, right? No, it's yeah. But, dude, I could have gone pro. Dude, I'm telling you, watch watch some of the clips. I've been watching like clips from the trials. Like yeah. so on TikTok, like you can follow NBC Olympics. Yeah, for cause sure. Because they're going to be hosted on NBC. They're showing all the different trials. Right. And some of the handball. Uh, clips just like have me going bonkers. Like I, yeah. I want to watch a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm not big on like uh, cycling. I'm not big on fencing's pretty cool, but I don't really watch much of it. Yeah, it's dope. Um, can't get you know as as big as I am into gymnastics. Uh, rhythmic gym- gymnastics just makes me think of Will Ferrell in old school. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really watch much of that. Water polo is pretty cool. Baseball and softball are going to be in the Olympics this year. Well, softball has been. Has I it? Think, yeah, baseball has oh, been too. I didn't, but even, it's I just didn't not, even know that. 
Well, and here's the thing. I think it's really interesting when you do metal count, mm-hmm. right? So like uh, basketball, right? Yeah. There's one gold medal. Yeah. And it takes like an entire team, almost the entire Olympics to get, to get, to get that one gold medal. Whereas gymnastics, you have like a gold medal for each event, yeah. for an individual. And then for you the team. You have an individual that can win a gold medal as well for all around. And then mm-hmm. you have the team all around. Yeah. So it's like, you know, ten and swimming's even more so. Yeah. So and then you have men's and women's, you know, for, for swimming and um uh you know, track and field. Like there's just so so many medals. And yet here you have uh something like baseball, softball, basketball. Mm. It's like it takes forever yeah. to get through it. And you know, the games are long and I don't watch all of the basketball. I usually watch like the final two or three. Yeah, I mean basketball. I mean, fortunately for the United States, they've been pretty dominant. And I yeah. think uh, you know, since the Dream Team of '92, they've won the gold medal except, every single year, except once, and that was supposed to be like one of the best teams, and they were very disjointed. And um, God, I think it was like Vince Carter had hair. It was crazy. Um, I want to say it was like 2004. Okay, um, that team was pretty abysmal. And then you had the the redream team or something when LeBron came around and and Kobe and and you had a lot of really good players. So yeah, the great thing also about Olympics is it kind of it forces the global community to come together mm-hmm. and even though it's somewhat of a facade, kind of put everything else on hold. Like agreed. I, no, I agree. I feel I like agree wholeheartedly. I feel like you know, the G7 summit, like all these, you know, things, and it can be kind of contentious. And Mm -hmm. well, all of a sudden the Olympics, it's like a lot of that stuff gets put on hold because we're coming together for this really um, significant event for all of the world to come together. Yeah. Patriotism is at an all time high in every country during the Olympics. Yeah. But even then, like they, I do think they do a really good job of emphasizing sportsmanship. And that's, you know, a, because there's a lot of, you know, amateurs who are just starting to become like professionals at yeah. this time um, where, you know, they have to uphold a certain standard in order to get those big lucrative, um, you know, opportunities to be on a weedy box or, you know, corporate deals, which is like one of the sponsorships, of, which is really how Olympians make their money, because the U.S. is one of the lowest paying uh, countries for their Olympians. Right. As far as like, it's you, like reward money and all that kind of stuff. Like it is stupid. prizes. Oh yeah. It's like very, very low. So like you're basically you're like spending your life, you know, for runners, you know, it's, it's easy. You go to Nike town, you know what I mean? That's where all the really great runners, especially yeah. distance runners in the U S come from is, you know, they get recruited out of high school or out of college and they get moved out to Portland, uh, or wherever in Oregon. Yeah. Um, is it Eugene? I think it's, it's probably Eugene. That sounds good. Yeah, because that's where University of Oregon is, and I know Phil Knight is huge. He's yeah. from University of Oregon. Yeah. He also donates um, almost an equal amount to Prefontaine, baby. Prefontaine, Oregon State. Yeah. Um, but with that said, I think it's just a, it's such a good time. I think you know we'll take a separate podcast and like give Olympic updates. I'd like to do that. So yeah. it forces us like it's <gasps> part of our job to follow the Olympics. Yeah. So, you know, honey, I'm doing this for work. I'm researching, babe. <laughs> I'm I'm researching. Um so, 
you know, keep us a. Keep we can us even a, do like one little uh, Olympic highlight at the beginning of each podcast. Yeah, keep us surprised of of what you're following with the Olympics. Let us know what's your favorite event. Like, what are you excited about? Are there any Olympians? You know, I think this is going to be a very interesting Olympics where we don't have the Michael Phelps, the Ryan Lochte's. Um, We do have Simone Biles still, but like Mm -hmm. in terms of a lot of the people that have been at the last two or three or even four Olympics, they're not there. Um, uh, Misty May and Carrie Walsh are no longer, you know, playing beach volleyball together. Like that'll be interesting. There's, there's all these, this fresh new blood on the American team. And can they uphold the mantle that for the last few summer Olympics, uh, you know, the American team has been doing very well. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited, excited. About too. I'm pumped. Almost as pumped as I am about infrastructure, but uh, hopefully you got equal excitement out of both of our segments tonight. There was, you know, this was a very balanced podcast. Yeah, you would say that. <laughs> All right. Well, before Brian gets attacked by this cicada or whatever bug is flying in the garage right now, we're gonna let you guys go. Um, thank you guys so much as always for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the podcast. <laughs> Do good. Let us know. Great. Yeah, let us. Yeah, let us know what you thought of this one too, guys. Yeah, let us know. Hopefully, it was informative and fun. <laughs> we love you. Stay in touch. Love you guys. I can see you now with a party at. We the ones that he just let into the back. We the misfits. How you going react? We insomniacs. We ain't get no sleep. Break the rules. Can't stay on beat. Making moves. Running through the streets. A to Z. Follow my lead. Saints, that's quo. This is rock and roll. This is skydiving. Now, Ronnie Moe. This is.